podcast. Did you say podcast? Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to Na 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 Podcast, the Batman podcast for people who love the future. I'm Danny. I'm Carolyn. Jacob and Wallace are gone this week, but we have Carolyn Factor, my girlfriend, uh, on the, the podcast. I like and, how that's not my title. Yeah, well, you're not a comedian. There's no... I, I could be. <laughs> what, are your, what are your credits? How should I introduce you? <laughs> it, it depends on how you define comedian. Okay. <laughs> how would you like me to introduce you? Amazing costume designer. Amazing costume designer. Carolyn Factor is on the podcast yeah. this week. And uh, we are watching every Batman movie ever made from 1943 to the present. Carolyn, what did we watch this week? We watched Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. You got it. You are better than Jake about this. <laughs> He's you just can... like, we watched uh, Batman. We watched Batman the Joker Return Beyond movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be if you were here. Uh, no... Maybe I should just do it as Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need to be a lot more drunk. That's true. We and have nothing to drink yeah, right now. Yeah, you should have on time, which yeah. is a problem. Because I live here. <laughs> yes. Uh, normally we try and do the movies uh, in order on this podcast, but we've spent the last couple of weeks going back and doing some movies we, we missed. And somebody fucked up. Yeah, this one we didn't miss. We did record about this about six months ago, uh, but it was not uploaded properly. And that recording was lost, but Carolyn was on this, uh, the original, and she's graciously agreed to rewatch <laughs> this movie and do another podcast to talk about it. <laughs> so, Carolyn, what is your experience with Batman? Do you know Batman? You were on one time that... Yeah. That I did, it did, did go the, the superhero... Legends of the Superheroes Legends of Superheroes. Part 1, I think you were on? Yeah, because you split it up. Right. So it was two different movies. I mean, I watched both of them. Right. But you were on part one. Yeah. But just to remind the audience, what is your experience with Batman? Do you know Batman? Do you like Batman? I know Batman. You know Batman? I I know of Batman. <laughs> you know of Batman? <laughs> I know a little bit. How much did you know before you met me? I've watched, like, some of the movies. I watched a little bit of Batman Beyond. Okay. Um... I mean, I've never read any of the comics. Right. I I think we talked about this the first time we recorded this, but Batman Beyond was... I, I think I liked it. I watched it a little bit, but it was it came out, like, right as I was on the cusp of becoming too old for it. I yeah, think. I think you were on the cusp of too old, and I was just on the line where I was still watching those channels. Yeah. It was on... WB. Hard I think they also replayed on Cartoon Network. Am I making that up? Very possible. Or maybe it was just on WB. I'm just. I'm sure they reran it on Cartoon Network at some point. Yeah. But uh, there's definitely a period of my childhood where if it was on the WB on Saturday morning, I would watch it. Yeah, and that's like, I. It must have been replayed because I never watched it on a Saturday morning. Okay. Yeah, this was definitely part of my Saturday morning lineup. Okay. And this. the this was a continuation of Batman the Animated Series, right. which I was fully in the appropriate age range when that was around. I I remember. Yeah. That I don't. 
Don't ask me specifics about that <laughs> okay. series. But... Well, we're not going to be talking about right. that. <laughs> but this is uh, the same uh, writers and producers. It's very much in the same. It's part of the, the DC animated universe canon. This is like the final, most far flung in the future I got part of that. Yeah. But it, it fits in the canon with all that stuff. Um, so Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, there, there's, there, there's two movies based on this show, sort of. I'm Right, you didn't know whether one was actually a movie. Yeah, one, I, I think we're going to have to cover it eventually. It's called, it, it was really just like the first six episodes of yeah. the TV show, but they later released it on VHS and called it Batman Beyond the Movie. So they I think, really called it a movie? They're like, well... Six episodes is two hours, so it must be a movie. Yeah, that's that's what they released it under. Batman Beyond the Movie was the title of the VHS. That's some uh, splitting Harry Potter into two movies <laughs> so we can get more money bullshit right there. Yeah. But this this was... A, Batman Beyond was a good show. Do you want to go over... Uh, tell the, radio, uh, the listeners that they're not familiar. What is the, the premise of Batman Beyond? Um, so Bruce Wayne is just, like, retired now. He's mm-hmm. old, and he's just kind of, like, passed the torch onto, like, a younger, hotter teenage Batman. Yeah, hotter teenage Batman. I thought he was hot at the time. Hotter than Bruce Wayne? Hotter than this 80-year-old man of the game? <laughs> Even Batman the Animated Series, he, I, I didn't have a crush on Bruce Wayne. You had a crush on Terry McGinnis. I did. Oh, man. He's the... He's dark and brooding enough for me. <laughs> He's pretty dark and pretty brooding. He's kind of a... Um, a little bit of a bad boy. He is a bad boy. Yeah. He, in, he did some time in juvie. Right. That was kind of the, the premise of the show. Is he? That's hot. Yeah. It's kind of a turn on. <laughs> yeah. He got into some trouble with the, the law and he kind of... Uh, he's a little similar to Jason Todd, the second Robin we talked about in uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Uh, he, the one that they killed off. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but this is in the future. After Batman's been retired for uh, 30, 30 years or so, and uh, Terry McGinnis comes in with, um, he's this juvenile delinquent who kind of stumbles across the, the Batcave, and he takes this uh, futuristic bat suit that's all black with no cape and just the red Batman logo across the front of it, and he, he takes over as the new Batman with Bruce Wayne's uh, guidance. And Bruce Wayne's always on the uh, the headset with him, guiding him through and helping him out. Can we talk about how the Batcave can't be that well hidden if some juvie just, like, stumbles <laughs> upon it? I think there had to be more to it than that. I don't remember. When we do Batman Beyond the Movie, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this, but it's... I I think he, he had some connection to, um, uh, to Bruce Wayne. He might have actually... Yeah, or maybe he was already working for Bruce Wayne or something. Mm. He's more than just some juvie. He's okay. uh, over in the final episode of the the series. It turns out he is like a clone of Bruce Wayne, and it, it gets weird. And yeah, oh, I don't remember that. That's bullshit right there. Yeah, he's uh, or maybe he's, he's either a clone or he's like his biological son. Oh, that's just weird. Yeah. Oh, come on. But it, it's not that Bruce Wayne had sex with his mom. It's that this, the government was trying to make, like, another Batman, and they, like, gave his, <sighs> Terry McGinnis' father, like, this injection, and so, like, his... It, it, it still feels wrong, though. Yeah, it's, it's a weird twist that 
did need to happen. No, it just makes things much more confusing than it needs to be. It was uh, fine. It's fine when, you know, you just take on a protege. Yeah. It happens. It, Batman has done it many times. Not even just Batman. A protege is a thing, you yeah. know? Is there any superhero that's taken on as many proteges as Batman? No. No, no superhero, uh, Superman hasn't taken on anyone. Well, you could argue he's taking on Supergirl, but mm. she's not really like a full-time sidekick. Yeah. Um, Superboy, he's done some stuff with, but again, not really a full-time sidekick. In the I same don't way. know Superboy. That sounds it's, super lame. <laughs> he's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> it's a, a, a young Superman. Yeah. Uh, so it, it starts off in uh, Neo-Gotham City. Why is it Neo Gotham City? Did we it's, talk about this last time? I don't know, but it's it's still Gotham. It's only forty years into the future. No, I thought it was more than that. It's twenty thirty nine. Oh, we did do the math. Are you well, looking this at is it? what Wikipedia says. Okay. It's twenty thirty nine. And when did you know? When did the Batman the animated series end? Uh, I, what year was that set in? What year was it set in? Um, the 90s, but also the 30s. Exactly. So, like, the 30s plus, that's like 100 years. But it, it's, they had, like, lasers and stuff. It wasn't really the 30s. It was just, like, the 90s, but there were also blimps, and everyone was really into jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they wore a lot of fedoras and zoot suits, but they had VCRs. Okay, so it's a little anachronistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they have, they do set like a specific date for Batman Beyond. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that, but if, I guess it's hard to say if it's, you can't really compare Neo-Gotham to Old Gotham if you don't know what Old Gotham was. I just, I'm curious, is what... Neo-Gotham has DVD players now. <laughs> <laughs> at what point did they rename it Neo-Gotham as opposed to just Gotham? Like what when happened did they name then? it New York as opposed to... <laughs> 1640? Yeah. I mean, it's named after York in England. It's not It's not that they just said, like, oh, it's been 40 years, time to rename the city. <laughs> what if they did? What if they're just like, you know what? It's time for New New York. People are always talking about the New New York. People are not always talking about it. Yes, Futurama talked about that, and only Futurama. Well, uh -huh, it's a thing. New New York? Yeah, when they start, started getting rid of the 212 area code, people are like, this is the New New York. Okay. Only old phones have the 212 area code. Okay, I've never heard anyone say you, that. Because you, you weren't here for old New York. I guess not. I You're guess... not Woody Allen. <laughs> Okay, I've not been here as long as Woody Allen. You've got me there. I've not been anywhere as long as Woody Allen. He's a very old man. We're 20 minutes in. We've covered the first sentence. Not even, we've covered the first half of the first sentence of the synopsis. I thought this was going to go fast with just me here, but maybe I'm the best at sidetracking. Yeah, we've got food on the way. we got to go through this. <laughs> In, uh, in Neil Gotham City in 2039, the Joker mysteriously resurfaces after having disappeared 30 years earlier. So I guess, uh, I, I guess Batman the Animated Series takes place in 2009? Because that's canonical. Yeah, they're, they're, they're saying 30 years. Right, and the... Um, yeah, so I guess uh, 30 years. It's time for new, new Gotham. Yeah, 
Because I think this, the episode with the Joker, is canonically the final thing that Batman, that Bruce Wayne did as Batman. Oh, can we talk about this? What? Are we jumping forward? Do they actually show that scene with um, Tim Drake in that? Is like, is that an actual thing in the animated series? No. Okay. No, it's only in this. Okay. But it it is. they, they've said canonically this is the final thing Batman did before retirement. Right. And uh, so he, Joker's disappeared, and this, uh, but he, he comes back and takes over a faction of the criminal gang, the Jokers with a Z, <laughs> who've, who've become like a big, uh, big antagonist in Batman Beyond. They, they kind of look up to the Joker as their, their inspiration and their kind of clown themed. Very loosely clown themed, very loosely inspired. Should we talk about the members of this gang? Let's talk about the members of the gang. How many do you think you could name? There's Dee Dee. Yeah. Um, there's Woof. The, Dee Dee is, is actually two. Are you Dee counting Dee that Dee as two? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're both named Dee Dee. Right, but I'm like, you count them as one entity, I think. Delia and Deirdre right. Dennis, who both refer to themselves as Dee Dee. Right, we talked about this before, how they're... Both DD collectively and singularly. Yeah, I I don't remember what we talked about before, and the okay. audience does not know, so That's we true. can go over. You don't need to, to be shy okay. about. Okay. Uh, so DD, yeah, yep. played by Melissa Joan Hart, right. both of them. And I said Wolf. That's uh, what they called him. I, I something like that. He's the the hyena boy. Right, but I think they called they he had like a name. He wasn't called hyena boy. Yes, um, uh, woof, woof with two O's, W-O-O-F. That's that, usually how you spell woof. You're, you're right. I don't know why I thought it was <laughs> just one normally. Woof the hyena man. Wolf. Um, there's the non-scarecrow, scarecrow. Michael, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's the actor's name. Um, uh, ghoul. Who, who looks like the, the Scarecrow and he talks like Christopher Walken. Right, you, you wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird accent that actor was going it for. It was a weird choice. Yeah. Uh, I think he got the part as uh, the Flash in some other DC stuff based on this performance, though. Really? How yeah. do you know that? Was, this is what it said in Wikipedia. Oh, it was a weird... The Flash doesn't talk <laughs> like Christopher Walken. Why no, you... that's why I'm just like, you know what? You did a really good job as this criminal. You want to be the Flash? Yeah. Um, so um, and then there's the one that gets killed. The one that gets killed? I, I don't know. The remember. one that Joker shoots. Yeah, there's... Uh, I think there's two of them. I don't remember who's who. Uh, right. Benjamin Knox and Bonks. Bonks is the one that gets killed. Yeah. Both played by Henry Rollins. Both of them? Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, so it gives... Two different names. I guess Bonk is the nickname, and Benjamin Knox is his real name. Okay. So Ben uh, Bonk and Chucko. I think Bonk is the one who gets killed. Who's Chucko? Oh, Chucko's the like clown mask wearing one. Uh, yeah, he's the the fat guy with the clown yeah. mask. Yeah. Bonk is um big kind of gray right. guy with like black overalls and a red shirt. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so those are the the Joker. Jokers and um, they're robbing a warehouse. Yeah, and they're Batman really 
they, I believe they killed his father in the first episode. And that kind they of were the ones that did it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That so drove him to become uh, Batman Beyond. Or, <laughs> as it's known in uh, Europe and Australia, Batman of the Future. <laughs> it's not called Bed, Bath, and Batman Beyond. <laughs> Which could also be a good name for a podcast. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll rename this that <laughs> instead of no 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 podcast. Yeah. Um, so the 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 Joker's are stealing this industrial equipment, and Batman Beyond stops them. They, they have a big fight scene, flying all over the city, destroying way more than the cost of what those goods are worth. <laughs> and uh, the the Joker reappears. Bruce insists that the Joker must be an imposter, despite the evidence claiming to have witnessed the Joker's death after their last battle. Yeah, he's like, he's dead, I don't want to talk about it, yeah. just take my word for it. Not going into this, not yeah, saying no, how I know that he's nobody's dead. Nobody's going to talk about it. Yeah. And there's also a, um, we, we watched, there's two versions of this movie. Oh, that's right, there's that, did we watch the edited version? We watched the unedited version. Oh, we did. Yeah. You, you can't even tell, you can't even tell. Well, that's because you've never seen the edited version. Yeah, but you're like, it's not that bad. It's pretty dark for a kid's movie. Yeah, but that's not what they took out. But Some I think, of it is. What I think makes it dark is it, they took out, like, blood and stuff. That's a big part of what they took out. Let me, there's a list of the, the changes they made here. Um, and it's a lot of changes. Some of them are, are pretty dumb. But some of them are, are, are big. They, uh, pretty much any reference to death or killing in the dialogue were removed. They just left it like implied uh for example it, there's one line where barbara gordon says we buried the joker deep beneath arkham and they removed that um they most of the the fight she, scenes the joker is sleeping yeah. <laughs> very deep they, they just they, they wanted to have it less uh on the nose that he was dead they wanted to leave like some room for they, they just didn't explicitly say right, that he died. but what do you do that, then that ruins the whole plot of like, oh, so then you're like, oh, well, then, yeah, the Joker could be back. We're not sure he actually died. Yeah, because they, they they just didn't know what to do with this. They wanted to make a much more adult movie, which the unedited version, if they watch, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a PG-13 movie, but they also wanted to show it on Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, but cartoon I think... For six-year-olds. I think a six-year-old still knows what death is. Or maybe... I guess I'm biased since I'm around death constantly. Yeah, we. Sh do you want to tell the audience what what your family does? I'm sure they're very interested. Her family are a bunch of murderers. <laughs> yeah. She, she grew up in uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. Just a giant slaughterhouse. Yeah. No, I, I uh, as longtime listeners may remember, we called Carolyn Wednesday Adams for a long time before we gave her name because... She, uh, her family makes gravestones. We don't, people are like, make? And I'm like, no, not, not make. Not even really carve. We engrave Engrave. Engrave. Uh, yeah. uh, you also live across the street from the cemetery. I do. I live across You're, the street. You grew I, up. Yeah. You grew up across the street. I mean, it's, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a cemetery. Well, you don't currently live across the street from that. Not yet. Now, are you hoping we'll move into... I'm hoping we'll move near Greenwood. <laughs> okay. It'll be nice. But not because you're desperate to live near a cemetery. I think it'll be nice. I miss it. To live near a cemetery? Yeah. 
You miss all the ghosts? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of it's, they, they changed fight scenes and made them shorter. A lot of times where there's a bunch of punches, they just cut it down to one punch. Mm. Um, there, there's one scene in the opening where Bruce Wayne throws a batarang and beheads a wax statue of Two-Face. And, oh, right. And they just, they just show him throwing the batarang and having it come back to his hand. He doesn't behead Two-Face. God forbid a statue's beheaded. Yeah. Um, there's some, some of the more violent deaths. They, they, they changed, like, uh, Bonk was not shot with the Joker's spear gun. Instead, he was giving a, a dose of Joker laughing gas, and his death was just implied off screen. Yeah, that's a little... I think that's a little dark for a kid. Yeah. They cut the scene where Joker stabs Batman in the leg with a knife. Mm-hmm. They changed the word... Um, where, where Joker says, Ah, Brave New World, that has such putzes in it. They changed putzes to yutzes. Right, right. I remember this. That feels like a weird change They're to like, me. Is yuts a real word? Uh... Yuts, I don't know if it is, but putz is... I, I know what putz is, babe. Well, I'm the Jew here. Yeah, but the audience might not know. Putz is Yiddish for dick or fool. How do they spell yuts? Y-U-T-Z-E-S. But that's just such a weird change. Yuts is not a... Or putz is not a swear word. It's not something that anyone has a real problem with. If, if a six-year-old says you putz... Like nobody's really gonna gonna care. A yutz basically means the same thing. It's just a play on putts. Congrats, guys. <laughs> it, it's such like an old timey word to be offended by too. It's like it's not old timey. It's just that Yiddish is dead, so nobody really knows what where these, like, what the actual meanings come from. Well, then from. it's like swearing in Latin. Like, nobody's yeah. going to be offended if you use a Latin swear word. Right. Because nobody's going to know what you mean. Yeah, nobody's offended by dead languages. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of other scenes like that. The Joker's death scene later on. Why don't they cut out the fact that he references the Tempest? Like, take out the fact that, like, kids aren't going to understand the word putz. They just take out the whole line from The Tempest. I didn't even realize there was a line from The Tempest. Oh, Brave New World? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, Brave New World that has such people in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's, um, then, uh, What's-His-Face took that, and that's why... Bruce Tim. The writer of Batman Beyond. No! <laughs> uh, let me finish. Okay, sorry. That's where they get the title of the book, Brave New World. Gotcha. Um, it's a reference to that. God, who was the writer of that book? We don't have time. Aldous Huxley. Um, Thank you. I, that's one of the things that's really great about Batman Beyond and Batman the Animated Series is they really did not talk down to kids. And they Except were, for when they talked down to kids about death. Except for, well, they didn't want to. They were really forced yeah. into that by parents' groups. Uh, oh. And they also did things like they were forced to make sure everyone is wearing a seatbelt. And, and when they're, they're driving anywhere, the Joker's death scene, uh, he gets shot with a, a spear gun. And they, they also made him doused with Joker laughing gas. And um, Is that that much better? 
I guess it's a less violent death, but it's still a gruesome death. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I put people on gas to death. Uh, I, I think it happens off screen, so it's a okay. little... But a lot of these changes are just really so silly. Yeah. Like, they, um, there's a scene where uh, Bruce comes back to the Batcave and he finds the Joker's paint ha-ha-ha all over the, the place. And oh, did they change the colors? Yeah, they change it from red to purple. Right, so you wouldn't think that it was blood. That just seems, Which I didn't... I did not get the sense it was blood at all. No, because there wasn't... Any dead body, yeah, there was nobody died. So no, anyone, there's no reason to think it was yeah, blood. That, it's no. such a nonsensical change. That they, <clears throat> I think this came out shortly after um, after uh, uh, Columbine. Uh, and, and so there's like a big change in the culture and a big worry about violence in the media. What year did this come out? 1999. Okay. Uh, December 12, 2000. Okay, so it's a a little after Columbine. I think they were probably working on it. Right. And then Columbine happened as they were working and they... That's true. Um, While so, they were writing it or something. Yeah. And um, so, so there's two very different versions. They yeah. originally released the edited version and then there's um, just so many people calling for the unedited version that they've released a PG-13 unedited version of it. Uh, so where were we? Where um, Joker's steal the, trying to steal the industrial equipment, and uh, Batman, Batman Beyond stops him. And uh, later, Terry and his girlfriend Dana are attacked by the Joker's at a nightclub, which you made a good point that they're sixteen, they're teenagers. What nightclub is this? I mean, there are such things as teen nightclubs. It's not something that's really big in the U.S. Yeah. But, like, maybe in New Gotham it is. Where it, it's funny because in the while he's fighting the Jokers, he makes this, like, weird sarcastic line of, like, on a school night, guys. But then he, like, later goes out partying. It's like... I want to believe that just in the next 30 years, they've lowered the drinking age to, like, 15. <laughs> that's my read of this. Okay, we had a brief little break there. We were um, <clears throat> very, uh, we thought we could get through this whole thing before our food arrived. And we really underestimated how long it would take the food to arrive and how much we had to say about this movie. Your food came much faster. It did come very fast. And we, you didn't think we'd have really anything to say about this. No, I, I guess I forgot. How yeah. much there is to talk about? There's a lot to talk about. So they're in the club and they're dancing. There's a gigantic lava lamp right there. It like was a, the 90s. It, it was an awesome time. The 90s, but also 2040. Yeah. It, lava lamps come back in 2040. There, you can write that down. <laughs> <laughs> there's two shows that came out right around the same time. There's uh, This takes place in 2039. And then there was a show called The Phantom 2040 that both dealt with superheroes living in uh, future versions of existing superheroes in the world of 2040. It were, was 2040 similar in both universes? Kind of. Yeah? It's just a weird, why that exact date? It's such a specific... 2040 sounds good. 
I guess so. Well, this is actually 2039, so it's about 2039 doesn't sound as good. Yeah. It just, uh, I, I don't think there's any connection. I think it's just total coincidence, but it's kind of weird. So. Well, it's like 50 years from when they came out, so maybe they're just doing like, uh, 50 years to the future is a good number. From when they came out? Yeah, 90, well, 2000. No, I guess we're like 40. I was thinking 99. Okay, I'm bad at math. It was 40. <laughs> from, when, from when the show came, was, was Right, when they were like creating it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Terry and his girlfriend Dana are dancing at the club, and they get attacked by the Jokers at the nightclub, well, the Joker, not the Jokers, the Joker, the single person, uh, attacks and ambushes Bruce in the Batcave, poisoning him with his trademark toxin and leaving him for dead. The Deities use this kind of, they have a weird fighting style. It's almost like ballet fighting. I think it's called a capoeira. <laughs> it's not capoeira. There's a lot of like pirouettes and spins. No, no, it's capoeira. <laughs> dance fighting. It is dance fighting, but it's not capoeira. They weren't pirouetting. It was more like acrobatic. It was, there's a lot of flips. I don't know anything about ballet, so I might be saying pirouette meaning something Pirouette else. is a turn. What's the thing where you put your hands above your head and spin? That's a turn. It's just a turn? So a pirouette. Yeah, they but did, I didn't see that. They did that at one point. Did they? She did that and then it turned into a kick. I mean, there's spin kicks. But not with your hands above your head like a ballerina. Do they really do they You really see this every time and I never see it. All I see is the flipping. Well, there's a lot of flipping and a lot of very acrobatic stuff. Yeah. Too. Uh, they... Well, I, I'll, I'll mention this at the end. Um, a bit about their, their background. Yeah. Um, so they, they have a big fight, and um, they don't know... We talked about this while we were watching, whether they knew that he was Batman. They don't. Right. At this point, the Jokers... Yes. ...don't know that he's Batman. But I don't know if I should say this now. I think it's a big plot hole that even the Joker knows that he's Batman. You think it's a big plot hole and that he should not know? Yeah, because I was just like, well, I guess he broke into the Batcave, so maybe there's something in there that would lead him to it. But if these things are happening simultaneously, mm -hmm. then he wouldn't have the forethought to know to go after McGinnis. Right. So, like, how does he know that he's now Batman? I, they, they don't address it yeah. totally. I've got a theory. Like, we all, I'll... like, they address that, like, how he knows Bruce Wayne, and he knows everything that Bruce Wayne knows, and, like, we know all that, but it doesn't, he shouldn't have the information. I've got a theory, and I'll, I'll get to it okay. at the end, because it, it's going to jump ahead. Okay. Um, oh, I'm interested to hear that. Okay. Um, so... At uh, Terry's insistence, um, he, he Barbara Gordon, who's become Commissioner Gordon, she used to be Batgirl, her father was Commissioner Gordon, now she's taken over in the future as Commissioner Gordon. Um, she tells him what really happened to the Joker. After she's like, I'm not going to tell you. I, I can't tell you. No, we're not talking. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> I also noticed that... Um, uh, there's a scene of them in the office, and chair technology has really changed in the next 
in the 40 years. They're very big chairs. They've, and they don't have, um, there's no like visible wheels that they kind of spin around and slide across the floor. They Hover don't. chairs. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, cement, they look like they're like cemented to the floor because there's no space between the chair and the floor. Is that what you saw? Yeah. I guess I wasn't paying that much attention. I was... I was paying attention. They were very high back chairs. Yeah. And very kind of angular. Very sharp angles to them. I love how we're talking about chairs. <laughs> I spent a lot of time looking at the chairs in this. There's some tr strange uh, design choices with those chairs. <laughs> Whole movie about the future focusing on the chairs. Maybe they just have very small wheels that are kind of hidden. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge chair. It, it probably dwarfs the wheels. It dwarfs the wheels? Yeah. You think it dwarfs the wheels? Yeah. Not not dwarfs. The dwarfs. dwarfs? Like the dwarfs. guy from Star Trek? No. Commander Dwarf? No. Is that his name? I, I said dwarf. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to make fun of every single word I say, I'm not going to be on your stupid podcast anymore. Is that a New England thing? No, you're just being mean. No, but I had a friend growing up who we used to make fun of because he'd say dwarf and Maybe you're dwarf. just a dick who makes fun of people. <laughs> How do you say the 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 animal that dogs are descended from? How would you pronounce that? Wolf. Okay. He always said wolf. Wolf? Yeah. No, that's that's the hyena guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With two O's. Yeah. Wolf. <laughs> the correct way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so Barbara reluctantly tells him what happened to the, the Joker, the reason she believes him to be dead. In 2009, after Nightwing had moved to the adjoining city of... I, I never know how to... I've seen this word written, and it's an ongoing argument between my friend Steve and I, how to pronounce the name of the city. It's either Bloodhaven or Bluedhaven. Bluedhaven? B-L-U with an umlaut, D-H-A-V-E-N. I mean... I think the umlaut says it all. It says it's Bloodhaven, right? Yeah. Bloodhaven. Stephen says Bloodhaven. I feel like that sounds better. I think that they... I think it would just be too on the nose to have blood worked into the, the name of this. I think it would... Yeah. I don't know if you... That's not good marketing. Yeah. You don't see many American cities with an umlaut in their name, though. Um, I guess if you go down to sub... Pennsylvania Dutch section, so Lancaster. Have you ever actually seen one? No, but they speak German. Yeah, maybe, maybe they do. And maybe they, they do have a city like that. I'm not yeah. aware of any. I I don't really go to Lancaster County. I still spell my name with an umlaut sometimes. It's you not pretentious prick. <laughs> My the rest of my family does not spell the name of the umlaut. Rathboom. It's not on my birth certificate. It's Rathboom. a one hundred percent made up thing that it's a joke that's only for me. It yeah. just makes me laugh to sign things with umlaut. No one's ever noticed in the years and years I've done this that it always makes me chuckle when I'm I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I how great would that be if I legally changed my name to Rathboon? We're never getting married. <laughs> and I made everyone... No, no, no. It's There's an umlaut in there. It's actually Rathboon. <laughs> Are our kids going to have to deal with this? They'll be the Rathboons. Are you really going to make Dr. President? 
Do you think that Rathboon would be easier or harder for people to spell to spell and pronounce correctly? Probably harder. Do you think they'd still call me Rathburn? Probably. Probably. Doctor, President, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Rathboon. That's our future son. You you got to remember, people. It's not just me hearing this. You got to clarify stuff like that. I mean, I think they should obviously know that Doctor, President, Macho Man. Randy Savage is our future child. That's right. So, uh, at, so she tells him about how uh, uh, Dick Grayson moved to Blue Haven, and the Joker and Harley Quinn kidnapped Tim Drake, Dick's successor's Robin. Uh, they they skip over Jason Todd and a lot of the animated stuff because nobody liked him. Nobody liked him. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think. They are generally reluctant to do Jason Todd. Just, well, first of all, the fact that nobody liked him. And I think up until this point, they've been reluctant to explore the fact that the Joker killed a Robin. And that just gets into some very dark territory. That until now. Until well, I guess he hasn't killed him. Right. Well, but... I think up until this point, they wanted to just skip over the Jason Todd thing because they didn't want to go there. And so they just skipped right from Dick Grace to Jason Todd. Because uh, it's too dark? I think so. Yeah? I think that's the, a big part of it. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is really supposed to be for children, so to have the Joker beat someone to death with a crowbar... Oh, God, he beats him to death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's very violent. Yeah. But, I mean, I always think, like, comic books isn't, like, for six-year-olds. I would say, yeah, you're at least, like, a pre-teen. I think that it depends on what comic. There's a range of, there's a lot of comics that are very much for small children. Yeah, but I don't think superhero stuff is necessarily There's a lot of superhero stuff that's very much for small children. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I guess. I guess you would know. I, I mean, there's a whole range of stuff. Some stuff is very adult, but there, yeah. there's some stuff that is specifically made for like preschoolers, and it's very. Well, childish. yeah, but I'm not saying like I'm, I'm definitely saying like this is mainstream. not for oh. this. I'm saying that this is more for. This is. I mean, it's PG-13, so it's definitely got like an older target audience. But I mean, like that series of comics. The Jason Todd getting his yeah. head caved in with a yeah. That was was aimed at an older audience. Yeah. Definitely. But I think that the animated TV show didn't want to... Didn't want... Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Um, so... But that doesn't happen this. That has nothing to do with this at all. The, but uh, Danny needs to show how much he knows about Batman. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. In case that's in question, uh, just go listen to our... Uh, our episode on Under the Red Hood to hear more about Jason Todd and how much I, I know about that. So, uh, Joker and Harley Quinn kidnap Tim Drake, uh, Dick's successor is Robin, and they disfigure him to look like the Joker and torture him for three weeks, at which point Tim revealed Batman's secrets. After the Joker sadistically taunted both Tim and Batman himself, Batman furiously attacks the Joker for what he did to Tim. During the final battle, although the Joker attempted to, to make Tim kill Batman, Tim turned on the Joker and killed him before suffering a mental breakdown caused by the guilt of murdering. Batman and Batgirl comforted Tim and then buried the Joker's body in a mine shaft deep beneath Arkham Asylum, 
while Tim was eventually rehabilitated by Dr. Leslie Tompkins, that Bruce forbade him to resume his vigilante role before Tim leaves, choosing to make the right decision for himself. Yeah, this, so I'd be like, this is dark. This was a dark scene. Yeah. This, uh, th- this description kind of glosses over a lot of stuff. It's, it's a frightening scene. Uh, you, 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 they go to Arkham Asylum and they find the Joker has set up this very creepy tableau. Of, it, it's a very, it's a, um, he and Harley are in like Playing this, house. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. They're playing house. It's like a mock Norman Rockwell type right. scene where it's, everything is just a little bit off and creepy. And the fact that it's, it's mocking something that's so wholesome just makes it even creepier. Mm-hmm. And then they bring out, at, at first when uh, Batman is saying, like, where's Robin? Like, Robin, who, who, who are you, what are you talking about? Who? Oh, you mean Joker Jr. Yeah, our son. Our son. Yeah, oh, the fact that they're referring to him as their son oh, now yeah. is so creepy. Yeah, I think they call themselves, like, Mommy and Daddy and yeah, stuff. Oh, God, yeah. And the Joker's, like... Smoking a pipe and, and reading uh, <laughs> the newspaper. a newspaper, yeah, his feet up. And yeah. Harley's like making dinner for him. And mm. They show home movies where yeah. he brings out like a, a grill and he's got an apron on. <laughs> the kiss the cook. Yeah, the kiss the cook apron. He, he lifts the, the lid and he's got like a big shock paddles or something. He pulls. Yeah, out they like show clips of hit them like actually torturing. Right, 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 right. And they they finally bring Tim Drake out. Is um. He's, like, strapped down to a, a table, almost like Hannibal Lecter, like, when yeah. they bring him out. And they've disfigured him to look like the Joker, and he's all pale white, and he's got the Joker smile, and he's dressed in a little Joker suit with, uh, with shorts, which is, I think that's even creepier to have Joker in shorts. We talked about this while we were watching it, and children in, in suits with short pants, I find very creepy. The history behind that is that I think it's very much more a British thing, probably something that never maybe quite made it over to the colonies. Right. It's something that they probably rebelled against while rebelling against the king. But um, wearing pants is something that adults do, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for the upper class. Uh, An upper class boy... Like, even modern day, Prince George, uh, the Queen's great-great-grandson, does not wear pants ever. Oh, to this day this is going on? To this day. Oh, wow. I thought this was, when you told me about this, I thought this was like a Victorian thing. I mean, probably the nobility is the only one that follows it. Okay. But yeah, it's a very, when I say upper class, like, I mean like aristocracy, upper class. But... Yeah, I mean, he's in Finland wearing shorts. Is this an Australian thing, too? Possibly. I mean, it probably maybe could have carried on through the Commonwealth. Because don't ACDC, like, he, he wears, like, the schoolboy uniform? Right. And the schoolboy uniforms follow that. Where right. you probably didn't wear pants until you got to high school. Right. Until you got to the upper schools and you had gone through puberty and you were considered an adult. Right. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, very much to, I think to this day, the fancier private, 
schools in England, like Eton, which is still an all-boys school. I doubt the younger boys wear pants huh. in their uniform. When you say they don't wear pants, they, they wear they do wear shorts. They wear shorts. Yeah. They they are not going around without <laughs> any bottoms on. They're not going to wear bottomless. Yeah. <laughs> no, you wear shorts with you know kind of longer socks. Yeah. Dress socks. Right. Really. I find that very, it's a creepy look. I love the way they did this. It's a nice little touch. I'm sure you find it creepy because I'm sure in a lot of horror movie imagery, they've used that as probably some sort of ghost thing. Probably. Or some sort of creepy portrait. That's probably exactly what it is. And that's probably why you have that association. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great touch. I love that yeah, it's, decision. It's, it's literally a miniature suit. And I think, the, I didn't notice that until the second time, I think, where I really made the connection where it's like, it's literally Joker's suit, but yeah. miniature. Yeah. With shorts. I, I thought it was a great decision. I thought it was very creepy. It worked really yeah, well. Yeah, no, he's literally Joker Jr. Yeah. And um, so Batman is kind of fighting the Joker and Batgirl is fighting Harley. Mm-hmm. And... The, Should we mention that Harley... Uh, Batgirl is holding on to Harley mm-hmm. and lets her slip and then we don't see her ever again and nobody ever mentions her again. Yeah, she falls down a big yeah. chasm. But before that uh, they're having a fight and Harley has a bazooka that she's trying to blow up Batgirl with and there's, um, there's a line I, I didn't write down the exact line but she says something about she kind of acknowledges that this is wrong. She says something about how, like, she knows that um, this is fucked up and twisted, but she can fix this, and she can fix Joker Jr., and she can fix Joker, which I I think fits very well with their character, and also somehow just makes this more twisted to me that she... I think the Joker is doing this for evil reasons, and he... She's not. Yeah. <clears throat> she legit, legitimately wants this. Yeah, I think she legitimately wants some kind of a life with the Joker and wants a family with him. Right. And sees this as a way to do it, and she's rationalizing this. Sure. And she acknowledged, this is not a good thing, but I can fix this. The fact that she's not trying to be evil is somehow more fucked up. But she's going along with it. Yeah. Yeah. That she's not actively trying to cause harm. She's just... Inadvertently causing harm by getting what she wants. Yeah, and that she knows how bad this is, and she's... Willing to to accept it and look yeah. past it, right? It's a very different kind of evil than what the Joker is doing. Sure, I, I really like that. I, I think that's a great character moment. Yeah. Um, so th- then um, the Harley falls in this, this chasm and uh, presumably is is killed. Um, I think in the original script she was killed. And they, they edited it. A little bit, and they changed it, and we'll get to that later on. Um, but we, I think Batgirl and Batman assume that she's... Yeah, no, they definitely assume that she's not gone. Yeah. And um, 
uh, as I, I said when I was reading the synopsis, basically Joker tells Tim Drake to, to kill him, and he's got this um, uh, this gun that they, they use a couple times throughout the movie where you pull the trigger and a, a flag that says bang comes out, and then you pull the trigger again and it's like a spear gun and it shoots a person. And he tells him to, to shoot Batman, but he, uh, uh, Tim Drake shoots the Joker instead. And he, he dies just saying, that's not funny. It's not funny. So uh, back in the in the future, Terry goes to question Tim Drake, who's now a, a middle-aged guy. He hasn't been involved in any kind of superheroics in the last 40 years. He's working as an engineer. I don't even think they call him an engineer. They just say that he's a communications. I think he's a very communications weird. engineer. Okay. But he's working on like repairing some satellites or yeah. satellite dishes. <laughs> Sounds like he's like a TV repairman. <laughs> These are very big. He's a cable dishes. guy. Yeah. It, it it seems like what he's doing is pretty sophisticated. <laughs> They're gigantic communications. I don't know. I just see that. I'm just like future. Sure. <laughs> um. So he uh, he's working on these, and he Batman sneaks up on him uh, using his. He's got a thing in his boat where he can just turn it and go invisible. But Tim Drake still can sense it. He's 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 got his spidey senses. <laughs> yeah, he says uh, all that training doesn't go away even forty years later. So he he denies any involvement with the Joker and claims he's he's grown sick and his past life is is Robin. He doesn't want anything to do with Batman. Anything to do with any of that. I mean, you can't blame him. Sure, no. I mean, the Joker tortured him. Yeah. And of course, he wants nothing more to, yeah. to do with any of this. So Terry suspects Wayne Enterprises' operations manager, Jordan Price, who would have taken control of the company if not for Bruce Wayne coming back in. This is We saw this a little bit at the beginning of the movie. Bruce Wayne has taken, retaken over the company. He's come out of retirement. Do you think that character was a little flamboyant? Uh, I, I didn't get that sense. No, well, just you me. Was, you a little he, bit. You thought he was kind of gay? Yeah, a little bit. Do you think that would be something that he would hide in the future? I feel like if he were... Oof. If it's 2040, he's going to be... Well, I, I, mean, he didn't I don't know. The way Trump is going. He didn't say he wasn't gay. I guess he could be... I don't know. He had a female companion. Oh, so did he? I think they're trying to... Flip. It's it's something that like I picked up on. And it was probably not something they really intended. It may have been. I, I mean, even though it's set in 2040, it came out in 1999 or 2000. True. So. They, they might not have been uh, totally yeah. comfortable having an openly gay... Especially on a kid show. I'm sure exactly. some parent would be mad. Yeah. I mean, if this had been a show for adults, it might have been very yeah. different. But, I mean, even still, getting gay openly gay characters in kid shows is a big deal. You know, there's this thing... Um, I can't think of it now, but there's some great stuff written about how... A lot of times, villains are very flamboyant, mm -hmm. and that's how they're used, and the theme kind of was that, like, homosexuality is evil. I've read something, I might have read the same thing, Yeah. about how it used to be that villains were very often either openly gay or at least kind of coded as gay. It, I read that it was, it was mostly coded. Yeah. It, it, this goes pretty far back. Yeah. Um, just because that 
used to be a shortcut to saying this is a deviant yeah. person, and it just very quickly established him as a villain. Right. And homosexuality has become so open and accepted now that it doesn't really have that same uh, association. Right. But, so you can't use that, but they've started using incest as a kind of the same the same thing. Like what? Like Game of Thrones uses that. Um, there was something in... Was it The Crow? Wasn't there a character in The Crow who was having sex with their sister? The McPoyles on It's Always Sunny. They, they use that as a... Just a... You immediately understand, oh, these characters are creepy and weird. Right. I understand, but, like, is it on the same level? Are we one day going to be like, yeah, no, it's us, it's fine. <laughs> no, I don't think it's the same thing. Some people so. think that, with, like, pedophilia. There be, some people will truly believe that they're like, well, you know, people used to look down on homosexuality, and, you know, people look down on pedophilia, but someday it's going to be very accepted, and you're like... Yeah, they're called Namba. <laughs> yeah, touche. <laughs> It's the people who, who want to do this. Who, yeah. Who believe. Everyone believes that they're on the right side of history. That's true. No, nobody thinks like, oh, people are going to look back in 100 years and, and agree that I was wrong. <laughs> Just like the people of today. <laughs> I've been toying around with this idea for a bit that it, it's not really fully worked out. But like the idea is that we're all going to be monsters in the eyes of history. Like everybody is we're we're all wrong. Well, we're, as a white man, you are definitely wrong. <laughs> but there's I, I there's so many things that we're probably not even that aren't even controversial things to us now that we don't think about that a hundred years from now our our descendants are gonna be like, Oh god, can you believe that they used to do this? And, and like the, Can you believe they should do comedy? <laughs> comedy is so offensive. <laughs> but like the, the most progressive people of 100 years ago, 200 years ago, would be monsters by today's standards. If you're measuring them by the standards today. Abraham Lincoln would be a horrible racist yeah. by today's standards. Right. Martin Luther King, there's no way he was okay with gay marriage. Gandhi was not... Accepting of trans people. Wasn't Gandhi was very anti-Jew, wasn't he? Gandhi had a lot of things going on. Gandhi, yeah. Gandhi was very racist. Yeah. He slept with a lot of uh, women who were not his wife and were very underage. He drank. It a was. Lot of... It's also India, though. That shit's still going on there. He was very into drinking his own urine. He had a lot of things. Health benefits. Yeah. I, I, read his, I read his autobiography, and it's 2% passive, uh, not passive-aggressive, passive-passive-aggression. Uh, passive <laughs> that's what it really, yeah. well, that's what he really was preaching, people. Yeah. No, just let us be enslaved by the British. That's fine. <laughs> we don't care at all. No, that's, you won't just do, like, a really shitty job. And all these things, and eventually they'll get the message. <laughs> Gandhi, is something wrong? Do you not like British rule? No, it's fine. It's no, just it's fine, I guess. I'm I'm okay with British. Yeah, you know, I I would have really liked our independence, but you know, this is cool too. Whatever, I don't care. 
No, it's 2% passive resistance, 98% weird diet stuff that he was, that's what he really, this is his autobiography. This is what he deemed important. Important. Yeah. It it was also, I I think he came around on a lot of it, and you got to look at it in the context of the times, but he did write a lot of very racist stuff early in his life. Yeah. Where were we? We've got so <laughs> off topic. Racism bad. Racism bad. Is that the title of this episode? Yeah, Batman Beyond, Racism Bad. Racism bad. So, um... Unlike that other Joker. <laughs> that's a monkey. He's very racist. Yes. Yeah, we're doing, uh, Jacob and I are gonna cover that one again. Come back uh, next week where racism is good. Oh, God. When I did that episode the first time, uh, Justin... We just kept he kept canceling on me, and I kept rewatching the movies that be fresh, and then you'd cancel like twenty minutes before. It was just torture. It's a horrible movie, and I watched it like four times. And now Jacob wants to do it, so uh, I'm gonna watch it again. Are you watching it tomorrow? Yeah, oh. we're doing it tomorrow, uh, and it will be out later this week for for you, the listener. So back in the the so um he believes that it's the the guy from Wayne Enterprises who's actually the Joker. He's posing as the Joker. They do have kind of a similar physical type. Right. It's it, And he does have a motive. Yeah, they, they kind of set it up. Yeah, I think they, they did a good job yeah. of setting up. If I, I, I don't, it's been so long since I've seen this for the first time that I don't remember what I thought. Yeah, I was going to, I think I thought that it was plausible. Yeah. Do you have any idea who you... There's no way you suspected what the actual reveal is. No, but I was going to bring this up at the end, where it's like, watching it the second time is just... It's not something you can watch more than once, because once you have that reveal, it's like, done. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely relies heavily on a twist. Yeah. But do you remember, before you, you knew who it was, what you suspected, how the Joker came back, who the Joker is? No, I... I think I either thought it was that guy, um, or I was just like, maybe it is a fake? Like, that was going to be, you know, they kind of try to bring that in early on, that it's not a fake, but I was just like, maybe it is some sort of clone or something? Yeah. They, um, they, they did a good job of making it very... I mean, that's like, I was, that's what made me interested. If it did have that storyline, I don't think I'd be as interested. I'd be like, I'm just gonna watch to see who yeah. Joker's. So they did a good job of making it clear that this is not someone pretending to be the Joker. Right. Like they did, like, a Bruce Wayne was doing, like, a voice analysis of it and it matched 100%. Mark Hamill's voice, which yeah. doesn't sound like Mark Hamill to me, but... No. He has a great... I love him as the Joker. Yeah, like, I... If no, if you had told me that this was somebody else, I'd believe you. I, it's hard for me to believe that it was Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard he, he uh, he's done a thing online where he reads Trump tweets as the Joker? Oh no! It's pretty great. Oh, should we watch? Should we listen to that on the podcast? Let's do it after. The <laughs> uh, so he he goes to confront uh, Jordan Price, the guy from Wayne Enterprises, and he finds the Joker's. On the yacht with with Price. Yeah, Dee Dee's on there, mm-hmm. posing as his lady friend. Yeah, she's kind of uh, in the her face is in the shadows. She's kind of laying seductively on the bed. 
She is she is not of age. <laughs> uh, I think in the in the edited version they cut that out. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Um, it's it's implied that he's going to have some fun on this yacht. Yes. So the, the um, they reveal that Price hired them and has given them some kind of access codes, but the Joker has sent them to kill Price because he's no longer needed and they need to cover their, tr- their tracks. So Terry rescues Price just before a laser blast destroys the yacht and turns them over to the police. The laser comes from the Joker. He's got like this satellite. That he's gonna, uh, yeah, he's got this satellite he's, he's blasting the laser from. Was his plan to wipe out the Joker's gang? Because they're all on the boat. No, he, he had a co- countdown clock and he said, I think he, there was some sort of line where, like, oh, get that's out. Right. So he did, he was in contact with them. Yeah. I would kind of be more interested if he didn't care if they survived and he was really looking for He already killed one of them, so there's yeah. some part of it that doesn't really care but i think he has to have like a couple people he doesn't want to do this on his own yeah he needs somebody we skipped over that there was a scene where he he yeah, shot how did we skip over that that's a bad summary he, he, he shot well we can't go into every single scene but he shot that's, i feel like that's important he shot one of the uh the jokers who didn't believe he was the bonk? real joker i think bonk is the one played by henry rollins yeah yeah i mean that i yeah how did we i feel like we should have skipped over that because that's an interesting point I thought about, like, they're not even sure that he's the real Joker. And they're working for him. That's right. So, so. he's got to make it clear that if even if he's, he's either is the real Joker or... it doesn't At that point, it doesn't matter if he's the real Joker. He's going to kill people, so you might as well just go along with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, he, he's shown to them he either He's is, in charge. He's in charge, one way or the other. Yeah. He's, even if he's not literally the Joker, he has kind of earned the right to take on this mantle sure and to to be in charge of the situation so the the laser blast blows up the yacht back in the bat cave tim deduces terry deduces that tim must be working with the joker when he discovers that the high-tech equipment the jokers have been stealing could be combined by someone with tim's expertise as a top-level communications expert to form a machine that would be able to take control of any satellite even an orbit, orbiting military satellite with an automated defense system and fired at will. And the fact that uh, the Robin costume was the only one that was, like, destroyed. That's right. When the Joker broke into the Batcave, he kind of trashed everything, but he really went to town. Yeah, he targeted the Robin. Yeah. He's, Batman is a display case, like, the Batman costume, Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin. Robin costume is just shredded. I hated... Terry figuring out. It's a little bit of a stretch. The way he just, they just have like pictures of the things the Joker stole and he just like types something into the computer. He just Googles it. <laughs> but it's just like, they come together like puzzle pieces. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, it's obviously a satellite taking over device. Yeah. It's like, well, how, how do you know that this seems like just such a stretch? Like, what if there's more things that they... That they stole that you don't know about or they haven't stolen. Them. And I feel like you still have to have certain knowledge of this. You can't just Google certain pieces and Google's going to spit out that these pieces make up it, this He didn't thing. even Google it. He just figured well, yeah, it out. Yeah, because they can't. He like, made the computer like just put the, the pictures together <laughs> and they just fit together perfectly. 
I, I didn't like that. I also, and this isn't unique to this show, but it, it always is kind of silly. It bothers me that supercomputers on TV shows aren't using like a QWERTY keyboard. It's oh, yeah. just a bunch of buttons that are all unmarked and they just hit random buttons and whatever they want to do happens. <laughs> it's kind of like those, like a cash register at like McDonald's, like cheeseburger <laughs> plus french fries. You think he just has a button that says put the pictures together? Yeah. <laughs> he just has like a joker button plus like laser equals five ninety nine. Twenty thirty nine. The year it takes place. Yeah, but the price. The price. A uh, price of Joker plus the Lee is five ninety nine. So the, Terry tracks the Joker to the abandoned Jolly Jack candy factory. Jolly Jack's a little Easter egg. Do you know Jolly Jack, where that comes from? No. Uh, it's a reference to Jack Kirby, whose nickname was Jolly Jack. Who's Jack? He was a. Uh, very influential comic book writer and artist who with uh, he he's more famous with his work he did with Marvel, but he co-created Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man. Why, why do you think that I would know this? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean Stan Lee? <laughs> he, he, the creator of Spider-Man? <laughs> he co-created this. He, no, just Stan Lee. Stan Lee kind of ripped him off. <laughs> it's the, He's the... Bill Finger to, to Stan Lee's Bob Kane. Oh. Another reference that means nothing to you. I know. I got okay. it. I watched, I watched that movie. Okay. These are the, those are the co-creators of Batman. Right. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the, the movie Batman and Bill at some point in this podcast. And we'll go into the whole legal battle there. So he uh, they go to the Jolly Jack Candy Factory where he finds Tim, who transforms into the Joker before his eyes. The Joker confesses he has kidnapped Robin... When he kidnapped Robin, he secretly implanted a microchip built from then cutting edge genetics technology um, into Tim's brain. The microchip carries the Joker's consciousness and genetic material, allowing the Joker to transform Tim into a clone of himself, eventually becoming strong enough to permanently control Tim's body. Oh, God, I love the 90s. Where you could just inject DNA into a microchip? And the microchip looks... Into the brain? It looks like a big mole on the back of his neck. <laughs> I, I feel like at some point someone would have said, like, you should go to a dermatologist. And then the dermatologist is going to say, what, what is this? This is not a... Is this a microchip? I love how, like, DNA injected into the brain equals mind control. This, this... That's how biology works. <laughs> I, I like this movie. This review just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's for a younger audience who doesn't question that. I guess so. And maybe I'm overthinking it, but it just seems silly that nobody has noticed this in all these years. They made the point that he did it very slowly. Yeah. And he can do... The Joker's aware of what's going on when he is... When, when he takes over Tim's body. He knows that he has taken over Tim's body, and he can do Tim's voice. Right, and Tim has no awareness that this is happening. Right. He's, he just, like, blacks out, or if he remembers anything, he thinks yeah. it's a bad dream. Yeah, and then he's able to eventually do this at will. Yeah, but the Joker can, if, if he wants to be gone for a couple of days, he can, like, call Tim's family 
with Tim's voice and just mimic it perfectly. Uh, so they they have a big fight, and um, uh, Terry finds the, the Joker to be a formidable opponent because he has all the the knowledge of the Joker plus Robin. And through Robin, he knows all of Batman's tactics, all of Batman's training. Right. And we're coming up to an important part. Yeah, th- there was a kind of weird moment before this where they're they're in the Batcave. They figure out that it's uh, the, the Jolly Jack Candy Factory. And do you remember exactly what he says or how he says it to, to Bruce Wayne? What? Well, he says that he needs something. He's got like a, to- a, a tool up his sleeve. Yeah. He's got a... I guess he doesn't say it at that time. He just says that I've got a plan. Yeah. And so they're fighting, and he's kind of taunting him, and uh, he. They don't even have it in the uh, the synopsis because it's so dumb. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. He just says, "Now, Ace, and the the uh, the bat dog, Ace the Bat Hound, just jumps at the Joker and attacks him." You said well. You said he needed Ace. The bat corgi. It's not a corgi. It's it. It should be the bat corgi. It's Ace the Bat Hound, a, a dog who in the comics had a mask to, to hide his secret identity. Bat corgi has a mask. He's yeah. a cow. I've got a little uh, statue that Carolyn gave me for our six month anniversary. Six month anniversary of a little corgi dressed as Batman. That Ace the Bat Hound had a little mask. And he had a collar with a, a bat symbol hanging from it. I still think bat quirky's better. In my mind, I just re- replaced all the imagery of Ace with the bat quirky. They, they treat this as though this is like this brilliant plan to bring in the dog. As though, oh, the do- Joker's weakness is dogs. That would be my strategy. <laughs> you just send dogs at him? Yeah. I'd be like, well, I have to bring the dog with me. That will make everything work out fine. The Joker also reveals this plan that he's... He's actually allergic to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would have at least made sense. That would have been a reason. The Joker has... Uh, he's got his laser satellite, and he's like, oh, what should I target first? I can target the... Uh, uh, the hospital. Well, ho- the hospital where Dana is, yeah. the, the girlfriend, or um, Wayne Manor and kill Bruce, or I can go to the playground where your, your mother and um, your brother, brother are. And then somehow they show the three locations and somehow on the computer screen it makes a smiley face. Yeah, it's like two points on the eyes and then one point is just very long and spooky. One point is the entire circle around the eyes. No, the, the one point was like the smile. Oh, one point is the smile. But they like made it like, instead of the dot, they're like, we're just going to make this one a line and make it very, uh, and take some liberties a here. circle around that. Well, he's highlighting... All, that all these... Do you think that... I thought those were... He was going to blow up the whole smiley face into the city. That's no, I what think... I took away from that. I thought he was trying to, like, get him to choose. Well, he's definitely trying to get him to choose, but I think he's also saying, I'm going to draw this smiley face into Gotham. The Neo-Gotham. Oh, I didn't get that. That's not what I took away from that. I could be wrong. Maybe I misunderstood. But he, he sends... too much into it. Uh... He sends Ace the Bat Hound to, to fight him, and 
he, according to this synopsis, and, uh, he uses his street fighting maneuvers to to beat the Joker, and that's how he's able to. Batman does. Batman Beyond uses. That's how he's able to get past all uh, the Joker, knowing Batman's techniques and his training. Is that Terry does not know those techniques, so he's not using them. I guess that's fair. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, it, I was thinking as I watch this that like Batman trained for years and Nightwing and Robin all trained for years. Yeah, Terry did not. No, he just kind of put on the suit. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. And the suit's got a bunch of gadgets he doesn't know how to use and makes them very strong. I mean, for me, who's not a Batman fan, I'm just like, yeah, that's what Batman is. He's just, He's just a rich a guy in a suit. You're describing Iron Man. That too. <laughs> um so this is, is pretty much the, the end of the movie. He he uses he grabs the Joker's joy buzzer and just smacks it, um, which had fallen into some trouble wires, shocking them and causing the, the laser to redirect itself towards the candy factory. He uses the joy buzzer, just smacks it onto the Joker's neck, destroying the microchip and reverting Tim back to his old self, freeing him from the Joker's control and ending the Joker's, uh, ending the Joker permanently. Terry escapes with Tim before the satellite destroys the factory and the, and the satellite jamming device. As Tim recovers in the hospital, he's visited by Bruce, and they both express gratitude towards Terry for saving Tim's life and acknowledge his worth to the Batman mantle. And that's Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. And then there's that last scene. That last scene? Oh, you're talking about with um, the deities getting out yeah. of jail? Yeah. So the deities are, are, get a, uh, are bailed out of jail by their grandmother, and she kind of berates the grandmother also plays also played by Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, no, she, wasn't. no, she's not. Never mind. I, I, I was confused with some of these because so many people are playing it, it it's listed as though it's two people, but a lot of them are just nicknames of the same person. And for Melissa Joan Hart it says Delia and Deirdre Dennis slash Dee Dee, but it's it never mind. Yeah. I don't know who plays the grandmother. It's on IMDb. It's listed under... Terry... No, that's Terry's mother. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, so they refer to her as Grandma Harley. Yeah. Implying that Harley Quinn survived that fall. Yeah, she definitely survived. And I... I last time we talked about the ambiguity of this, I was like, is she berating them for getting locked up? Or berating them for having to bail them out? Like, is she mad that they got in trouble, or is she mad that they got caught? Ooh, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. That's, um... I read it as berating them for... for getting... It, for doing this, but yeah. I, could, I could see how you could read it the other way. How did you take it? I don't, I, but I don't know. That's why I liked the ambiguity of it, because I was like... I guess you would think that if Harley eventually had kids with someone that she's not really in the crime world anymore, but, you know, maybe Could she be. hasn't left it behind. I don't know. I don't Could know how informed she is. They don't go into it. Yeah. It's interesting. How do you feel about the fact that Harley is alive and she's not, she didn't die like everyone assumed? 
I'm into it. You you like that? Yeah. I I kind of I don't think I do. Why? I think I like the finality that felt like a good ending to her, this huge battle, this final battle between Batman and the Joker and, and she dies as, as part of this. I felt like that was a good way for her to go out. And if she if her ending is to just decide she doesn't want to be a criminal anymore and she leads a normal life and has kids and grandkids and just kind of fades away. I can see that. I can see where you're coming from. But I, I kind of, I guess when we saw her as a somewhat sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. In some sense. I mean, not in every yeah, version of her. She's definitely a sympathetic character. So I, like, I'm kind of like happy that like she gets to move on without the Joker. Yeah. I can, yeah, that's a good point. I, I do... She's... We talked about earlier, but she's not evil. Right. At, at least not in the same way not as the, the Joker. Same she's almost a... In a lot of ways, she is kind of a victim. She's... Right. Well, people talk about how she's... Um, it's like a whole Stockholm Syndrome right. type thing. And she's in a very abusive, unhealthy right. relationship with the Joker. And he's, I don't know that she's would be 100% good without him, but he definitely is very manipulative. Right. And she's doing a lot to try and curry favor with him. Right. And maybe she does, maybe it is kind of nice that she moves past that. And yeah. Hopefully she ends up in a much more healthy relationship. Yeah. I know in the original script they had her dead or die, but um, Bruce Tim, who, who wrote it, um, he said that he, uh, he he created Harley Quinn. She was created for Batman the Animated Series, and he didn't... He, he felt like she was one of his biggest contributions to the Batman mythos. <laughs> and he didn't really like the idea of her being killed off. Mm. He wanted her to, to hang around, and so he had them put in that scene. So, And, and it also just lightens the, the movie a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, maybe she didn't get married and have kids. Maybe she just kind of took in these two twin girls. It's possible. Or maybe she adopted somebody, Yeah, and then they had twin girls. Maybe. So that's uh, that's Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Would you recommend this movie? Sure. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. I think I would have liked it more if I hadn't had to just watch it a few months ago. But, yeah. But it's it's good. Batman Beyond was a well-made show. And this, um, I, I really like the fact they don't with, with a lot of the DC animated universe, and this is a great example. They don't talk down to their audience. They don't mm. make this. A, it's kind of for kids, but they don't really make it a kids movie. They don't right. pull their punches. It's dark and it's scary and twisted. And it's it's good. It's yeah. well made. They did exactly what they set out to do. Yeah. So let's talk about where. Well, Wilfred uh, Friedle, who played Bat, who played Terry McGinnis in this, and Batman. He's um, he was Eric on Boy Meets World. <laughs> 
and he using Kim Possible. Oh right, he was the sidekick in Kim Possible. Ron, Ron. Ron. he was Ron and Kim Possible. Well, the else? naked mole rat. Yeah, uh, I think those are the two things, the three things that he's best known he for. He had a Disney movie too, My Date with the President's Daughter. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking him up right now to. I mean, um, I'm sure ninety percent of his stuff is Disney stuff. It seems like he's worked pretty consistently. I, I think of him as not doing much. Yeah, since the nineties. But he, he's apparently played Nightwing in a lot of different things. Has he really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Boy Meets World. He's on. Are you afraid of the dark? What? I cannot remember that. Yeah. Uh, just in one episode, I think. Well, yeah, they don't really have a recurring cast. Yeah. Um. He's been in a lot of animated stuff. He's done a lot of voiceover work. Um, yeah, I don't really think of him as a voiceover actor. Apparently, that seems to be what he's most I don't think of Melissa Joan Hart as a voiceover actress either, but yeah. here she is. He played Gearhead on an episode of The Batman. Hmm. He was in Ben 10 Alien Force. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really? Yeah. Penguins of Madagascar, Thundercats. Thundercats? Yeah. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Who was he in Thundercats? Lion-O. Nuh-uh. The 2011-2012 Thundercats. Okay, so I... A Thundercats that I've never watched. Right. I remember Lionel having, like, a very deep voice. I'm like, he... His voice is not that deep and mature. It says that he... This can't be right, unless they... Did they make an animated version of Guardians? They made a TV show, Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't realize that. It said that he played Star-Lord. The um, I uh, could see him doing that. Who's the, the guy who plays... The guy from Parks and Rec? Chris. Chris Pine? Chris Matthews. Chris, uh, help me out here. You know I don't know actors' names. <laughs> Not Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. The other, the other Chris P. He plays the the Chris Pratt role. Right. I know who Star Lord is. Well, the audience might not know. I would hope that they would. I had no idea they made a Guardians of the Galaxy TV show. No. But um, I always worry about actors like that. I don't. I don't see around. I worry that they're not getting work. But... You know, I think they're fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, he certainly is. He seems to be working. Sean from Boy Beats World. He, he's fine. He's not acting, but, he, you know, he's not doing drugs. He has a, he still has a lot of money. He's still okay looking. He's, he's fine. Yeah, well, uh, Wilfred Elk doesn't seem to be hurting. It looks like he's been doing something pretty much every year for the last 20 years or so. I, I think he's fine. I guess he has a good agent. I guess so. It's, it's mostly voiceover stuff now. Yeah. That's sad, though. He's such a good-looking guy. I hope he hasn't, like, gotten fab and they're just like, you better do voiceover stuff now. <laughs> I think he did live action with uh, Girl Meets World. Did did they bring him back for they that? They did, yeah. Okay. Uh, so oh, no. Here's Crazy Uncle. <laughs> crazy Uncle Will. Uncle Eric. Uncle Eric. So let's talk about where Will Friedle belongs on our big list of Batman. Okay. And I think... Shouldn't he already be on here? He is. We, where did we, you put we've him? ranked him. Um, right now he is number four. 
team. <laughs> Jacob's not here. Let's override that decision. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put him at the very bottom. Um, he's number four. Our top five: Christian Bale, Kevin Conroy, Adam West, and uh, Wilfredo and Michael Keaton. Adam West is that far up? Yeah, the he did a lot of stuff that was not good, and then he did Batman: New Times, which is one of the best Batman things ever done. Hmm. And that bumped him way higher than he okay. would have otherwise been. Okay. Do you think number four is a good spot? I, I think you should just keep it. I think... Don't go messing with it now. No, let's... I want to have a discussion. Let's ease... Um, uh, the Arcotera, the, the car... The car is... Did he... He didn't drive the car. He did briefly. Was it just a motorcycle? No, he drove the car. He did? Yeah. Remember that scene where the, uh, the lasers chasing him down the highway? Oh... That wasn't the motorcycle? No, that was a car. So I'm remembering it wrong. It, it's a brief scene. The car doesn't... No, I remember the scene, but I just... Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking it as a... The car doesn't do a whole lot. No. He doesn't seem to be very good at using it, because it's a flying car, but he insists on staying on the highway. And the I think chasing. you pointed that out last time, yeah. too. We're just like, huh. Uh, so the car... It doesn't do... Okay, so... Not no good for car. Um, fighting. He seems to be pretty good in a fight. Street fighting. Yeah, he's got street fighting. He's street to, fighting skills to handle his own. <laughs> he fights off a couple of different guys at a time. Seems to yeah. be doing a good job. He takes a couple punches. Yeah. Good. Uh, costume. I like the costume. It's yeah. it's all black, but with right. red red Batman symbols. Well, do you want to talk about the problems you have with the costume? The costume in some scenes, he, he flies around, he's got kind of rocket boots, and wings come out his back, and it has, since I was a kid, it's bugged me that he always holds his arms out to the sides, and it looks like the wings are coming from underneath his arms, but they're not, they're coming from his back. So he's just flying around in like a T-shape. It's not aerodynamic, it looks weird if he didn't have the wings coming from his below his arms why is he flying like that so you're they don't attach to his arms whatsoever no. you're saying they're like they're hard. coming from his back they're like angel wings so they're it's not like fabric it's like something i don't know what they're made of but I'm, because i would have a hard time believing that they would be able to just stay out like that if they weren't i know, you know what i'm saying yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm guessing there's something hard. They're not connected to his arms, though. I know that. Okay. That bothers me. Right. That's a weird way to fly. Yeah. I think. It I would, don't think it works. I would. I think it would look much cooler if they were connected to his arms. Like if they went from like his. I think it would work better. His would be more realistic. Or his wrist down to like his It'd side. It'd be your wrist. Yeah. I think it would look much cooler. Right. I don't know why they didn't do that. I, that's what I always thought it was. Yeah. I did too for a long time, but once in a while they'll have a shot where you can see it from a different angle, and you can see the command's back and his arms aren't connected. It's just animators being dumb. It's a weird choice to make. Yeah. I didn't like that. No. So lose some points there. Okay. Gadgets. You don't see a ton in this no. movie. He's got gadgets that aren't, that are kind of built into the suit, that aren't like something he takes out of his belt. But right, he has like the invisibility. Right. And he's got a listening device where he kind of presses oh, his fingertip right. to a window. He has the hear. recorder. Yeah, yeah, he records somebody at one point. 
and he, he kind of pulls the, the not disc, but whatever the, the thing he records onto out of his wrist. His CD. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Is that it? For gadgets? Yeah. I think so. He's got a batarang. The boots. Are the the boots, boots are a gadget. Rockets. That's yeah. kind of a gadget. Yeah. Um, not a ton, but I've seen less. I've seen mm-hmm. worse gadgets. Yeah. Is he smart? Mm, yeah. No, but he's also a teenager. I, I think he's smart for a teenager. But we're not grading on a curve. It's, is he smart? <laughs> not, I think we should. Not, do you remember how smart you were as a teenager? We have little Batman on here who's played by a four-year-old. Yes, he's really smart. No, and he's low on the list because of it. Oh. He makes some bad choices. Oh, you're mean. You're hard. We, we're, you're not, we're trying to figure out who is the best Batman. You. You don't get points for being a child. You're rough. Yeah. Rough. Little Batman's really adorable, though. I really <laughs> I think you should get points for that. I, I, I bet his costume's very cute. It is very cute. I, I like Lil' Batman. I recommend Lil' Batman. I don't think he's the best Batman. I, I think I, he might cry if he heard you say that. <laughs> uh, I think this incarnation of Batman relies on outside help more than maybe any other version I've seen. Yeah, but I think that's the point. He relies on Bruce. Right. And that's part of the story. Is that he's... They're passing along something. Yes. And he's learning. And if we were saying, if we were valuing the Batman he's going to become, he might lose less points for this. But he's... I I don't think he could... I'm just saying he's the sexiest Batman. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) He, he, He is a cartoon. We should make that clear if anyone doesn't remember this. Yeah, but I definitely had a crush on him. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's sexier than... Let's go down a couple of the the, the other Batman. I think he's sexier than Adam West. And that was going to be my first question. <laughs> Is he sexier than Christian Bale? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Christian Bale. Sure. Is he sexier than Michael Keaton? Yes. Is he sexier than... Is he sexier than Beetlejuice? Yes, he's sexier than Beetlejuice. <laughs> Is he sexier than Val Kilmer? pretty good looking back in the day he was a handsome man he was i don't like him as batman but he it's not because he was ugly yeah i think he's up there with Doc book yeah yeah better than george clooney uh yeah i'm not a big george clooney girl um i'm trying to think who else on the list you would be able to to know and have a <laughs> um better than xander duca i don't know who this is low batman yeah, because Little Batman's not sexy. Little Batman's cute. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to make me into a pedophile. <laughs> I want to pull up a picture of um, of one other better than... You didn't watch Bad Pussy with us, did you? No, I did not. That's the one Batman porno I haven't watched. The only one? <laughs> not the only one. Just one of them I haven't watched. Uh, one of my favorite Batman movies we've ever watched featured... It was uh, James Batman... Starring the Filipino comedian Dolphy. Sexier than Dolphy? Yes. <laughs> uh, Dolphy is a 
middle-aged Filipino man with a low tiny, low tiny mustache, low tiny Errol Flynn mustache. I he vote, very cute. He's very cute. He gets my vote for sexiest. Dad. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> I like Dolphy a lot. You love little Filipino men. What can I say? I've got a type. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, I think he's worse than Michael Keaton. Michael Is that Keaton, who's below him? Yeah. Michael, really? Michael Keaton had more gadgets, and he's more independent. Uh, I don't think he's as good as Bruce Greenwood from... I, I think he's better than Bruce Greenwood from um, Batman Under the Red Hood. I, I want to move him to the number five spot. Fine. Okay. Number five, Will Friedle. Let's talk about... Poor Eric. <laughs> let's talk about first whether we even should talk about this. But should... Uh, Kevin Conroy plays... Right. He plays the older Batman in this. And there is that flashback where we see him ah. as young Batman. Is there enough Kevin Conroy as Batman in this movie to evaluate him? I think we could evaluate him. I don't know if it would be enough to really move him. What's, he, what's Kevin Conroy at now? Kevin Conroy is number two. Kevin oh. Conroy played... He's done so many animated right. Batmans. Batman the Animated Series, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Superman World's Finest. He's in a lot of things. He's really good. Right, so... I think he's still very smart in this. Yes, he's definitely smart. He seems like a good detective. Uh, the flashback, there's no real car. No, there's... Very uh, few gadgets. Right. I think he really has... Batarang. He's got a batarang, and when Joker ties him up, he's got like a little knife a that knife. he kind of pulls out yeah. of his glove, and he cuts himself free. Yeah. I think that's But he's a, still a good fighter, I think. He's definitely a very good fighter. Yeah. I, he's very stoic mm-hmm. as Batman, which Correct. I like. Yeah. I think that that's kind of consistent with Kevin Conroy's version of it, and I always yeah. enjoy that. I just keep it. Yeah, I don't think there's enough to really move him. I think he did a great job. I think the the scenes with him were my favorite part of this movie. I would love to see... I I just want another movie with him in the lead. That's really what I want. (laughs) So I I think that's that's it for for this episode. Uh, Carolyn, you got anything you want to plug? No. Um... Follow me on LinkedIn, Carolyn Factor. You want to tell them how to how to spell that? K A R A L Y N F A C T O R. Only Carolyn Factor out there. That's right. And stalk uh, me online. <laughs> I'm Danny Rathbun. D A N N Y R A T H B U N. No umlaut. No. Yes. For now. For now. So if you want to uh, friend me on Facebook or uh, follow my Twitter, it's at Danny Rathbun. Uh, Like and subscribe to the Facebook page. And if you want to uh, subscribe to the the podcast, it really helps us out. Tell your friends. We love when people tell us that uh, they've gotten their friend into this podcast. It really makes us feel good. Next time on the podcast, it might not come out next week. Hopefully we'll do it at least a little bit earlier because it's kind of a a weird bonus thing. But we're going to be re-watching... The Batman versus Dracula with Jacob here this time. And we're going to talk about that, and I'm not looking forward to it. 
But you're doing it just to please Jacob? Just to please Jacob. You are a good friend. I'm a good friend. He asked to do this? He did. When is he ever going to ask to watch another Batman movie? Never. He's never done it before. I don't think he'll do it again. You might. You should treasure this. Yes. <laughs> There's also a lot to say about that version of the Joker. Right. That's the Joker, the only Joker, I think, played by a black man. And they gave this Joker dreads and monkey feet. Yeah, they want you to know that a black man voices this Joker. Yes. <laughs> so that's, we're going to have a lot to say about that. Carolyn, until next time, uh, we, we end every episode by shouting the word Kareem. Yeah, I came up with that. Yeah. Do you want to lead us in a Kareem? Sure. Kareem! Kareem! Kareem!